everybody. Welcome to the College Rugby Wrap-Up. We are back and we are in the thick of it. Uh, guys, Zach Landing here with you and I am joined uh, by Colby Marshall. Colby, how's it going? What's going on with you? Super pumped up for this playoff extravaganza that we got coming up in college rugby. Can't wait for the action. Playoffs? Oh, <laughs> there you go. That wasn't Jim Moore Jr., guys, that you heard. That was actually, uh, shockingly, I have to check with the producers to make sure this is right, but we are also joined by Josh Resio for the second week in a row, which I'm not sure the last back-to-back show we did. Uh, but Josh, welcome, welcome in, man. How's it feel? How's it feel to be here, you know, on a consistent basis? You know, it feels great. I'm in the the desert of Arizona, you know, hunting for a new cactus to keep in my apartment because I'm gone too much to keep any other plant alive. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's gonna be great. Wow. I am sure you will have some good luck finding uh, plenty of cacti out there. Colby, we're cold on the East Coast, man. It's wintertime. It's snowed up here in Maine. I don't know what it's like to have you in Jersey, but it's freezing. Well, you know, we've been pretty spoiled the past couple of weeks in on the back end of October and in November with the weather being relatively nice. The sun has been out on a few weekends. We've been, got, been getting some nice weather, but now it is starting to get into that winter phase where it's just it's cold 24-7 and you know, you wake up in 30 degree weather and it doesn't change. So I'm ready for it though. I'm not complaining. I'm alive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we could talk about weather all we want. You know, we could be a weather podcast, probably I'd be into it, uh, but we're not, we're a college rugby podcast. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. We're going to start actually though, guys, that's with not some college rugby. We're getting, or inching our way closer. Uh, we have a little bit of rugby. I want to get to your guys' take on the, you know, the repishage here, the USA men's, uh, finishing up their their campaign, they they are in a one off playoff play in game next or this week against Portugal. Uh, but they did beat Hong Kong last week, forty nine to seven. So two dominant wins, guys, for the U.S. Eagles in this in this you know loser goes home tournament here. Uh, Josh, we could start with you. What are your takeaways from that Hong Kong match, and what are you looking forward to in the Portugal game coming up? I mean, again, this is a USA team that should not be here. So they should be performing the way they are. Um, I think Cam Dolan said it perfect after the game in the sense that they're playing with the knowledge that a team that is going to a, a country that is going to be hosting a World Cup in 2031 and 2033 has to be qualifying for the World Cup. Um, and they're coming out here and they're getting the job done. Portugal's look, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the game against Kenya, but I mean, Kenya maybe it was a little bit beat up from the U.S. game, but uh Oh my goodness! Like, Portugal was—they almost wallywopped them. We almost had a—we almost had our own segment for the wallywop. <laughs> it was the national team. They didn't um, almost mollywop them. It was pretty—it was pretty crazy. I mean, I almost think the score doesn't even say much about it. It was they, dominating on both sides of the ball. And again, Kenya's not some like small team. Granted, yes, they're—you know—they still have a long ways to go in regards to their national uh, rugby presence, but they're huge guys. And Portugal was running all over them. Um. Really excited to watch this next game. I think everything that they've been doing in Dubai has painted a great picture. Um, I don't. I, it's a toss up still for me. I, I don't know what's going to happen. No, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you, Josh. I think they put in a dominant performance, but to say that they almost mollywop Kenya is just, I think, a little aggressive because they were thirty-two points short of a hundred points. 
So I, I don't I don't know where Molly whopping is warranted in this um in this discussion. It's just we do uncalled for, Josh. We do have very specific rules, Josh. It's very yeah, specific. I get you it. made this segment, it. so you have to follow the, the criteria that you set forth for this. Uh, there needs to be a handicap for the national teams. No national <laughs> team should lose by hundred points, but you know that's true. Well, just just because Josh is on a two show uh two show sheet <laughs> right now, thinks he thinks he can use Molly Wop whenever he wants. Uh. <laughs> It's on a heater. It's that air, that desert heat. He's coming in hot in this one. So I love it. Colby, what are you what are your thoughts on the on the men's team here before we get into some of the college action? No, yeah, in all seriousness, I, I agree with Josh. I think that this upcoming game for the men's against Portugal is going to be a tough one. They put a hurt on Kenya. Um won by a lot more than we beat Hong Kong by. And it's going to be a tough game, I, I believe. So I'm looking forward to it. And you know, looking at the roster for the US, I'm confident that they'll come away with the victory. Um, you know, we talked about it last week. They got a lot of guys on there that, yeah, they're making their first couple of appearances for the national team, but you also have the likes of uh, Dylan Fawcett, who's been around, Greg Peterson, you know, Cam Dolan as well, who have a lot of appearances for the squad. So looking forward to the game against Portugal. It should be a good one. Yeah, it's probably surprising looking at that roster right now as well. Fawcett not making the match day 23 at all um which is is probably interesting i mean they'll so we'll have piffaletti step in at hooker who's you know playing with the saracens right now he's got nine caps um a couple of yeah you know younger guys as well uh hello and Corey daniel at, at uh the flanker spot so only have two caps a piece mitch wilson at fullback with only two caps uh playing his, his ball for the free jacks in the mlr but uh it should be a great game yeah portugal definitely not a slouch everybody make sure you tune in for that game on friday uh, it'll be following up. We'll talk about this later as well. The, the great Friday night lights clash uh, in the NCR between Boston college and Notre Dame. That'll be that night as well. So Friday is a, a huge rugby day uh, for everybody. So make sure you, you got to uh, grab a seat for that uh, as we get into something there. Uh, is, is that a Friday night lights game? What, what time is that? That's going to be a Friday morning game. I assume the U S game, I believe I thought they said it was 10 30 PM, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know what the time difference is between here and, and uh, Dubai, but true, true that uh, everybody check out. Uh, oh, no, you're right. 1030 a.m. Yeah, excuse me. I was wrong. So in the morning, then, time. check out check out the men's team. And then that night to make sure you check out some college rugby as well. Thanks, Colby, uh, for correcting me on that one. So everybody make sure you're that's a, that's a big day. So that is a very big day. Of rugby. I don't like that. It's going to be in the morning, though, because if they lose. It's going to ruin my Friday night. You can't. That's true. I, can't, I don't want the national team to ruin my Friday night. <laughs> That's a seems like a choice you can make, Josh, you know, on your own uh, accord there to not let it to not let it get to you. But I, I I'm very confident. You guys all think they're going to win. right? I'm very confident that they that they take this game. I might it make should. it my lock. Whoa. OK. Oh. All right. Wow. Can I do that? Oh, you mushed him. <laughs> you can do that. You're just going to face a lot of backlash from the community. Josh is rebelling against all the rules we have on this podcast uh, (laughs) right now. So we only have two or three things that are like concrete and you're just pushing all of them. But uh, with that, that being said, we can get into some college rugby now, guys. Let's let's talk about the things that we are gathered here together to talk about uh, the things we supposedly know about. uh, And we'll start. Josh, you've got some really exciting stuff happening out there on the West Coast, sometimes the Forgotten Coast during the fall uh, rugby season, uh, and perhaps the forgotten you know sport in sevens as well. I mean, you're not wrong. Let's let's talk about pack sevens for a second. For one, I mean, it's weird. I, so I've been helping out with Stanford 
Stanford Rugby, which what an amazing program, such a hard school to recruit for uh, being that one super expensive to a small campus. Um, Don't sell yourself but, uh, short, Josh. Also helping out. You're a certified coach. You've been helping with the, the coaching there, kind of taking on a large role with the program. I know. I know. I, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that after college, I feel like, and all of us are in this situation, right, where we're trying to continue staying involved in the game and doing what we can to help it grow. Um, the network that we've all created, the people that we've gotten to meet, and just how accepting people are for us coming in and being able to help them, whether it's for, you know, back in May Madness in New Orleans, you know, me helping Stanford, Zach, you know, you, you, you've been able to help out with some events, you know, um, various events, college rugby events as well. It's really cool to see, and I'm loving the opportunity. And Pac Sevens was no was no exception to it. You know, one hosted at Stanford, so you know there was a lot of that carryover from the Battle for the Mitten <laughs> event organizing help that I was able to fill in for. But what a great tournament! I think you know it's no joke. Cal still Cal is still the team to beat, and they dominated the competition throughout. Um, they they finished. I think they finished day one with a point differential of 128. Uh, there's your Molly whopping. <laughs> there's the Molly whopping. Um, they would score, they would score in max two phases. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive to see, um, they had a flanker or at least what I would assume is a college sized flanker, uh, out on the wing. Uh, and he was just, I forget his name, but he was just absolutely demolishing anyone. If the ball got out there, he was either walking into the tri zone or there was some small man out there that was just going to get absolutely destroyed <laughs> by this man. Every single phase. It was you would see the crowd kind of gasp a little bit, but um, two things, a couple things I want to take out of this. And I want to, I want to phrase to you for first off talking with the men, uh, an amazing performance by Arizona. I think you look at other programs on the West coast who have had to deal with Cal have had to deal with St. Mary's and, you know, certain, certain coaches, you can say Harry Bennett at UCLA as well have, really emphasized on trying to build connections with schools throughout the region and get a solid platform of players that keep coming in. And Arizona is no exception to that. Arizona, um, if anyone from California would be aware, has a huge connection with Jesuit high school in the Sacramento area and just keeps pulling over some amazing, amazing talent. Um, Christian Dreyer is from Jesuit high school as well from the Sacramento area. So you know, it's a, it's a great school that's pumping out great rugby talent and you're starting to see it pay dividends for the Arizona team, you know, who, even though yes, Cal still commanded the game at the end, Arizona is looking like an amazing seven squad and a group that is starting to carry the size and the physicality needed to compete against a Cal team. So I guess my first question for you guys really is in that regards of if you are another team, how do you think they are able to start recruiting and start kind of coming back to these these other teams to compete with Cal. Cool. I, for me personally, I think it starts with the coaching and the development of the squad. You know, when I think about my time playing for Iona, we were, we didn't have a sevens program in 2014, 2015, 2016. I think our first sevens team was in 2016 and you know, while we had a formidable 15 size, sevens is a different game. And so we had to bring on a completely new coach to come in and groom us and run us through the proper skills and fundamentals of what you needed as a team to be successful in sevens. And that catapulted us to being number five in the nation in sevens in 2018. So I think it starts with the coaching and 
what messages you're able to send to the collection of players you have so you'd be successful in sevens because it's such a short game you know you, you don't have much room for error you don't have much room for mistakes you have to be on top of your skills on top of the game plan and you know know what you're doing even more than in 15 so I think it starts there yeah, I I echo Colby on that. I think he said you were absolutely right. Although I also had no idea Colby played at Iona, so you know that's crazy. I I found that <laughs> out. That was wild. Um, but it's such a shock to me. But I uh I think you're right, Colby. It's about coaching and it's about building a program, you know. And then also, and you mentioned a little bit, Josh, as well, like building those connections with you know kind of younger or youth programs outside of your organization, where you can you know recruit uh young kids coming up through in you know middle school high school uh who are interested in playing the game and are athletes um and just kind of building that pipeline and giving them opportunities and saying hey you can come here and we're going to play the best schools that are out there like the cows you know maybe we're not the best at this point uh but we're, we're going to play the best and we're going to be competitive we're going to give you every advantage that we possibly can as a coach as as a, as a program uh and you know maybe it takes a while to get that going but after a while you're going to get one two three really quality athletes that come through these, you know, youth pipelines uh, that that's going to be an advantage then over other schools who are going to, you know, they're not going to be able to recruit these kids because they've kind of already locked into this, this pathway program. So, I mean, that goes for all rugby as well, but I think that would, you know, that would be my take on, on kind of how to successfully build a, a successful, you know, sevens program when you're not one of the top schools like Cal. No, definitely. And I guess, you know, with that, the second takeaway that I took from pack sevens and, you know, golf did a good, again, it's hard to, it's hard to spend a lot of time recapping it uh, because Cal was so dominant. Um, you know, you could say great things about Stanford men now, you know, even though they're a D2 team, technically top four sevens team in the West coast, they finished in fourth place. So I was happy about that. Um, the other big noticeable point was the international influence on the sevens game here with us schools. The West Coast specifically, and, you know, you take a look at like UCLA, you take a look again at Arizona, USC, I think have doubled down on these partnerships with these consulting, these call them consulting firms across the country that are trying to bring talent from other countries into U.S. schools. Arizona being a school that is able to, you know, is seen as a very affordable school to go, has international talent, you know, throughout USC you know, seem to have a bunch of international talent. The only schools that I didn't really see that much international talent was the Oregon and Oregon State, which maybe there's still that, you know, kind of that uh, partnership they're trying to build. But I was shocked the amount of people you talk to with accents playing in sevens this weekend for a game that's supposed to be, you know, this is going to be the U.S.'s thing. It seems like uh, the West Coast teams have kind of taken over and said, no, we're going to still bring in international talent and fill them into all these spots. Um how do you feel about that? Because a lot of coaches on the West Coast, and I preface it with this, really think that instead of making the argument about 15s versus seven, or fi uh, making the argument about fall versus spring on 15s, is making the argument that the U.S.'s path forward and the U.S.'s path forward to getting schools involved is focusing on sevens. So where's your guys' thought on that, and where do you kind of lie? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough spot for me. I think I've always thought as well or always believed that sevens is is an easier product to sell if you want to make something 
popular in the States here to an audience that's not familiar with rugby. I think that that is going to be the gateway to a successful rugby culture in the States is sevens and PR sevens and at the pro level because it's a much easier game to understand. Um, so on that level, I, I see that. I think sevens is something we should definitely be focusing on. Um, I don't know necessarily that means we have to discard 15s completely, uh, but I just see sevens as um, more of a modern game and something that that can you could sell tv deals to pretty easily and and the athletes are marketable and they can you know it's easier to cut highlight reels and and it's less technical um so i think we definitely should have separate sevens programs at colleges and that they are you know grooming these athletes and they're kind of focusing on these as a separate thing as colby mentioned earlier you know don't just roll it in with 15s and say oh let's get the same guys out here and just you know just run more um but uh, in terms of the international players as well i also think that's just a necessary thing at this point i mean it, as much as we may not um uh, you know much as we want not like you know homegrown talent to be at the forefront in the states the, the only way that our players get better is by bringing in more experienced players from from other countries you know i think that we've seen that happen with the women's game where the u.s players go to the allianz premier 15s and they play with other women from other countries you know and they just get better by doing that so i think that that helps the college game ultimately i don't think you can ever going to squeeze out every american player you know maybe there's less going forward but i think it's a necessary uh kind of movement uh oh, within reason i'll say uh so i don't know it's not, I don't, that was not a very definitive answer but it's tough for me to think through uh Colby, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it i thought that was a perfect answer i thought you covered everything that i wanted to say as i totally agree with you i stole and your I, note I'll, i saw you wrote the notes in the doc i stole them so i sorry i just read them out i wrote notes in the doc yeah i'm kidding <laughs> um the well the i will add i will just want to add really quick josh yeah if mm -hmm. you think about off of zach's point you know if you think about other sports and you know, like, for example, basketball in Europe, you know, I, I don't believe that they grow just from producing homegrown talent in those leagues. Like you see guys like Stefan Marbury and I don't know, um, you see NBA players go over there and play. And I'm sure that does wonders for the sport over there and for their growth, learning from those guys. So it's the same concept sort of here. Um, that's just, I think, necessary at this point. I love that, Cole. That's a great point. You're exporting kind of your, you know, your your talented players that maybe aren't you know, at the same level as you know they they could be uh, in the home leagues, and then that spreads, you know, yeah, like knowledge of the game and and uh, you know more uh, talent elsewhere, and it gets people more interested because you have these stars and big names attached to them. So I think it's a great point. It really is like what the U.S. does with every other sport, Europe, and and maybe this, you know, uh, southern hemisphere countries should should be doing with rugby uh, here in the states. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to call out about this one, and this one, I, it still bugs me uh, after going there this weekend. You know, so on the women's side, there was only two teams there. There was Stanford and Cal. Um, what I did not know is that, so Cal men, varsity program, all the resources they need brought all the trainers, had a bus, had it all, full coaching staff, full marketing staff, everything. It was basically a professional team. Cal women's team, club team no interaction whatsoever with the men's program it doesn't seem and it's i i guess it, it took me back for a second in the sense that you know we talk about naira we talk about you know ncaa making women's rugby an emerging sport and you have the top school one of the top schools in the nation the school that you know everyone thinks about when you think about college rugby who 
on the surface, and there might be some behind the scenes stuff they're doing, does not seem to bat an eye to their women's program. You know, and it's it's shocking to me. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are there, if you had similar experiences at your schools, but you know, from a school, from a team that had all the resources in the world to the Cal women's team who was sitting with one coach, um, none of the same gear, nothing was doing Mm. basically on their own. And, you know, I would have expected maybe the Cal men to be more exciting or the, or, or more excited about the women playing, but nothing, there was no interaction between the two teams. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't like that. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I've seen somewhat some of that, like going through, you know, researching stuff on, on Cal, like in the playoffs and things And you look on the website and there's really no mention of a women's team or program at all. I wasn't even sure if the school had one at one point. I was going to say how long have they been around? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, historically, I guess, yeah, that you've seen that, that all the resources have grown because they have this great alumni base for the men's team. I'm not sure how long the women's program has been around, but uh, the path forward for the game is to elevate both men's and women's, I think, going forward. You can't just you can't just have one i mean that doesn't i, I don't i don't get it I, it's not like it's difficult for them to you know to combine resources there yeah and like I, I you need that you need a start if you're a program to like get yourself on your own feet and it just sounds like they haven't had that opportunity to grow you know they haven't been given the resources to have the chance to elevate themselves and to you know having maybe the possibility of becoming a Cal men's program type of type of team. So you need yeah, those I mean, resources to, yeah, you need an opportunity. I've found at Holy Cross when I was there, we had a men's and women's team, but we, we both pretty much operated separately, you know, in terms of, we were, we were obviously, you know, cordial and we, we practiced on the same field. Sometimes we, we played our games. We, we knew each other, you know, we, we hung out outside of that, but it was, they had their own coaching structure. They had their own officers. They had their own budget from the school as a club team. You know, we all kind of managed our things separately. Um, and I wish, yeah, there, there probably was more opportunity for collaboration there and, and pooling our resources and kind of, um, making it better across the board. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I do regret that. I'm sure that's probably how it is that they, the clubs kind of are established at separate times and they just run their own thing. Uh, but I don't think that's helpful for the game going for, especially not at a place like how that has all those resources, you know, for the men's team. Just so shocking to me. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, maybe something that maybe something we're going to have to find out more for Mr. Clark, but, uh, but uh for such a good weekend, so shocking that you would see something like that. I mean, congratulations to Cal. They they did amazing. But um, and the Cal women put up a good performance. They they won two out of five against Stanford women. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My hot take is Cal just a seven school now? Do they are they should they give up on 15s? When I asked Jack how he was enjoying the weekend, his response was it's just sevens. So I would assume that uh, Jack is very much looking forward to 15s and uh, would like to get back and get another chance at the national title. What what an amazing sevens <laughs> is basically just like uh, fitness and like conditioning for the 15. And they're just so good at it by accident. Like they just win sevens en route to like trying to get to 15 season. It was just wind sprints for them this, <laughs> this weekend. I mean, come on. Oh, that's amazing. It's conditioning. <laughs> yeah um well let's uh let's transition here let's uh we got it that was our win sprints guys and now we're getting into like the the actual game here we're getting into gameplay we're getting into our uh game mindsets here we're, we're talking playoffs guys as josh you want to do that again just give us a little jim mora play playoffs <laughs> yeah playoffs <laughs> you, you are That's absolutely right and 
We have a lot to... to the show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have a lot to to talk about on that front, guys. Uh, and we'll start, I think, with Nate with uh, Rugby East uh, and probably the team of the year uh, in Navy, who we've talked about pretty much nonstop since the season started in the fall, and because they deserve it, and they continue to you know, do things that are going to make themselves noteworthy here. Uh, they have won rugby East officially um, by beating St. Bonaventure last year's NCR champion, St. Bonaventure's 28 to eight. Uh, and they were upset. They gave up a last second score to the Bonnies. They almost shut them out completely. Uh, and they are the most dominant team guys here. So Colby, I mean, we could start with you on this as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Navy um, and your thoughts on, on kind of them taking rugby East here uh, and, and you know, that that impact that it has on their playoff hopes kind of going forward here. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Navy and everything they accomplished this season, you looked at this game and thought to yourself, like, this is their last hurdle, right? This is their last test to prove that they're legit, that they're, they are the best team, you know, in the country right now. And I'll say that, the best team in the country right now because they're, they're the ones who are playing. So – they did what they needed to do. They beat St. Bonaventure 28 to eight. That's an incredibly impressive win. And even more impressive that they almost shut them out. Like you said, Zach. And, um, I, you know, I've talked about Navy all year long. I've thought that they were the best team, you know, they were better than army, but like I said, this was their last test and they passed the test in flying colors. Yeah. And Josh, we could get to you on that. Colby, you're saying Navy's the best team in the country. I agree with you. I think most people would. And the CRAA also agrees, D1A Rugby. They have ranked Navy number one uh, in their rankings for the first time ever uh, in history. Navy number one. Lindenwood down at number two. Uh, St. Mary's at number three. Cal at four. Army falls to five. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, Josh? CRAA, uh, Navy now the number one team out of all the best. I mean, from resume perspective, they're the number one team if we're looking today. Um, Lindenwood has a lot of season left <laughs> to make an argument in their their favor, but for now, I think it makes perfect sense to have them up there. Yeah, we've had our discussions about what what how much value rankings hold when these teams don't regularly play each other. Um, but I, I think that's that's a huge statement by CRAA to have to rank Navy number one there. And I guess that they, they did beat the number one team from last year in Army, so um, you know they deserve to be there. A uh, bit of a it's it's difficult to explain as well. You know, we were talking about Navy playing teams like St. Bonaventure. Uh, so this game, that game had a bit of an impact on the NCR playoffs, which are coming up, uh, which we can kind of talk through now, guys. And we'll get into our picks on that in a second here. Uh, but Navy won't be participating in those NCR playoffs. Uh, they will advance to the D1A playoffs in the spring. Uh, and it's expected, uh, you know, a golf rugby report is, has reported and, and we can say pretty uh, concretely as well that Army, who are six and one now, will, will do the same. Um, but uh, that did have an impact on NCR seeding uh, as Queens University Charlotte actually took the number one seed uh, now coming out of Rugby East uh, and in the NCR. And the Bonnet St. Bonaventure dropped down to the number two seed in the tournament. So it did impact seeding on that front. Uh, any thoughts, guys, on on kind of the, you know, the well, I guess we'll get into the NCR playoffs in, in a second when we fully get through. There's a couple other games I want to get through. But any final thoughts here on Navy's performance um, and that kind of weird mix between D1A and, and, and NCR that we love so much? Josh, I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> it's too confusing to me, man. I mean, it's it, it's whatever. I yeah. 
get it fixed. I just <laughs> honestly, let's just put the CRA teams on one side and the NCR teams on one side. Let's turn this into the NFL. Let's just let's just go crazy. It's it's it makes no sense. I mean, does it is this a statement made by CRAA that that last year was Army, this year it's Navy? that the best teams I think are always CRAA teams still like, are they saying, wait, we're still top dog. We still have the top talent in the, in the nation, even if NCR may have better, you know, a, a broader range of good teams is CRAA still the best right now. Sure. But okay, <laughs> we'll go with is, that. I, I, it's hard to say. I, it is hard to say, but, um, you could also make the argument of would some of these NCR teams be competing at the level they were if it wasn't for the organization of the NCR conference, right? Right. The resources they get, the traveling that's been happening in the last two years, you know, and the organization needed to do these kind of games. I don't think that would have been possible for a lot of these schools. So yeah, CRAA still is lucky that they have the best schools and the teams that for years have been dominating these teams. But NCR is elevating the play of a lot of schools. And I think it's going to get closer and closer as as it continues to develop. All right. So we'll talk a few other results out of Rugby East there. Uh, Queens, as I mentioned, the number one seed, they beat St. Mary's 52 to 10. They're on a pretty hot streak here. They're taking care of business. Penn State fell to Notre Dame College 23-15. I don't believe either will be in the NCR playoff uh, coming up here so i don't know uh, if you guys have any thoughts on either of those games before we move in uh to the big 10 finals here uh stop me flag me down if you do uh but we will uh you know we have a couple other games that uh had some standing on the standings here in the big 10 indiana as expected uh but maybe not as you know dominantly as we expected won the big 10 over Ohio state. Very close game though. Uh, and Josh, we can lead with you, our big 10 expert here, 22 to 10, Indiana, big 10 champs, uh, closer game than we all thought. I think. Yeah. 22 to 20. I mean, that is, um, Ohio state was coming back there for Ohio state. Again, you have to, you have to remember this throughout the year, Ohio state played a really, really tough schedule. And I think up until the draw or the tie that they had with Kentucky was dealing with probably more injuries than any other team in the big 10. So the fact that they were still able to dominate the level they did and play a close game against Indiana, who has just been kind of rolling through competition, very impressive. But uh, Indiana's very well-deserved. I don't know if you guys watched the game, but near the end of the game, the it just started pouring, like just like pouring rain. And I, 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 I wish we could pull it up if we're on a podcast, but there's uh, <laughs> some of the best rugby shots I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're on that field as it was just pouring rain and Indiana was still playing a uh, couple conversions. You got to check it out, but uh, what a sight to see Indiana's back being champions. Once again, where can people go look uh, to find those? I think it's on Indiana's probably... Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure a lot of the guys probably posted on their Instagrams. Yeah. They're as cool as Josh is exclaiming them to be. It was pretty sick. I'm telling you, it was pretty <laughs> cool. I think NCR reposted it as well. But uh, it was just a really cool sight to see. I love it. And Colby, how about you? Our, our kind of our resident Indiana fan, Hoosiers fan here, uh, since they gave you uh, some some swag earlier. Uh, what, what do you think about the Indi- Indiana coming back on top here and uh, dethroning Ohio State? Yeah, Hoosiers are definitely my merch buddies. They take care of me. You know, we get along. So I'm very, very happy they won. Got their dub over Ohio State. I picked them to win. Thought they were going to win. Got the job done. You know, Justin uh, Goonan and Luke Gross do a great job over there. And 
I'm I'm glad that they're they're reaping the benefits of their hard work. Go Hoosiers. Yeah, so they will uh, reap some of those benefits, as you said. That win earned them a bid in the NCR uh, playoff tournament upcoming. Uh, so a couple of results. We'll, we'll get into that now, guys, in that D1 bracket. Uh, first of all, our our kind of darlings, uh, two of our darlings on this podcast, Wheeling and Fairfield, won the play-in game. So they are in the tournament as well, both kind of pod favorites teams here. Uh, Wheeling beat Belmont Abbey, 19-13. Uh, and Fairfield won a close one over Siena, thirty-one to twenty-nine. Uh, so they're, they're both dancing now in in the the final months here in the playoff tournament. Uh, and we'll break it down kind of by matchups here. And I want your guys' picks on these as well. This will be kind of we, we we'll do it as part of our pick segment as well. But you know, I want you to hear your guys' thoughts on each matchup and who you think is uh, who's going to be you know come out on top in these ones. So the first bracket in the NCR Men's D One National Championship uh, is going to be AIC at Queens. And the winner of that will play the winner of Fairfield at Thomas Moore. So a lot of a lot of really really quality rugby teams here, guys. Colby, what are your thoughts on, on that first part of the bracket? Yeah, I mean, I like I like Queens. Queens is tough, and AIC going on the road to play them is going to be an insanely tough game. I, it's going to be at Queens, right? Yeah, I believe there is. These are all the higher seeds until the next round when they play at a, a neutral site. Right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a neutral site. I like Queens in that matchup against AIC. Um, and then Fairfield against Thomas Moore, that's going to be an even better game, I think, than the first one. And I'm going to have to side with Fairfield. Wow, Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to take Queens in the first game. And um, I was also looking at Fairfield as my potential upset, but uh, I'm, I'm going I'm, to, I think that's going to be a later game, possibly. So I'm going to go with Thomas Moore as well coming out of here in the first round. Wow. Yeah. It's it's hard to doubt Thomas Moore. I mean, all they've done is, is play quality rugby for the longest time now. And Fairfield's a bit of an unknown, you know, they have not been on the scene that long. They've had a really great year with some signature wins, some quality wins. Um, but Thomas Moore has been, has been doing it, uh, doing it for a while now. So I, I like them as well. Um, and I, I think I'm going to make it uh, official unanimous here. I think Queens, uh, beats AIC although you know it's always, it's tough to tell with AIC they have there are a lot of you know they have a lot of very athletic players a lot of game breakers uh, who can you know take it to the house at, at any point so it'll be a tough matchup uh, but I think Queen's definitely playing some great rugby right now with that only that one loss in rugby east um, heading into this our next bracket now uh, got a couple of more intriguing matchups here uh, say Bonaventure at Indiana in that first one the winner of that match will play the winner of Wheeling at Brown. So tough, tough first draw for Wheeling to get, you know, probably one of the best teams in the country in Brown uh, at this point who have been dominant in in the Liberty Conference this year uh, and, you know, run the the Ivy League as well. So, uh, Josh, we can start with you on these matchups too. Who do you think uh, comes out here on top in that first round? What a first round matchup, putting the yeah. Bonnies against Indiana. That's the matchup, <laughs> I think, of the tournament for sure. That's, that that's really crazy. is. Uh, this is the one where I see very high potential for upset, and I'm going to pick the upset. I think the Bonnies can do it, can beat Indiana. Um, I may come back to bite that, but I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. Uh, and then I'm going to pick Brown over Wheeling um, for it. I think Indiana's just coming into this. You know, They've had a long season. There's a lot of stuff um, going on, You know, playing Ohio State in the rain. Um I wish they weren't playing in the first round, but I, I think the Bonnies have what it takes to get out of the first round. Colby, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I I agree. I think even though Indiana is the home team, St. Bonaventure is the better side. So I'm going to go with them in this first game. And then I like the home team, Brown, defeating Willing. Even though I think Willing are going to be ready to play uh, with the great culture that they have over there. But I think Brown are going to use home field advantage to their advantage and come away with the win. Josh, did we get your pick on the Wheeling-Brown matchup? I chose Brown. Brown, okay, excellent. Yeah, I that's a tough one for me because I really would love to see Wheeling, you know, uh, do what they got to do, but but Brown is just so good, um, so dominant. I, I think, yeah, Brown in that one. Uh, and I don't know. I The Bonnies have just had – they have such a tougher schedule than Indiana who play – you know, they play a couple good teams a year in the Big Ten, and, and it's, it's just tough to, to – compare to playing all those rugby East powerhouses uh, that that's the Bonnies do on a consistent basis. So that probably sets them up for success. Um, yeah. I, I think I'll go Bonnies as well in that one. Um, so those are the first couple rounds of, of the brackets here for NCR. Uh, we'll follow that as well. Those first games are happening this weekend. So make sure yeah, you try and catch those as well on Saturday. Um, guys, I don't know if you want, if we have some time, I could, we could run through some of the other brackets as well. The D one double a, uh, you know, D two small college. I do want to just know one thing. Uh, and that is looking through all of these brackets here on the national collegiate rugby Twitter. There's so many teams that are Cardinals as like their mascot that I, I'm just going to, those are the teams that I'm riding with, uh, throughout the tournament. So I, I love, uh, wheeling in this first one here, even though I just picked against them, I, I like, you know, I'm going to change my pick because of that actually, I'm going to say wheeling over Brown as a Cardinal Louisville, uh, also the Cardinals here, uh, facing off of South Carolina in one of the, the brackets of the one double a, I like them against South Carolina to come out of the West region and play either Binghamton or James Madison. And then you have, uh, and then also you on the, in the other side of things in another bracket, uh, you have Catholic, who are also the Cardinals uh, in the in the small college. So I'm going to pick them over Sewanee as well to come out of, of one of those regions. So that's that's my takeaway. If you guys have any like general thoughts about some of the other brackets here, uh, feel free to shout them out. So you're taking them taking all Cardinals. because they're Cardinals. Yeah, because I love it. I mean, what, how, what are the odds? You get three schools out of four brackets that have a, a Cardinal mascot. It's great. I love it. All right. Uh, do you have? Are you, are you in the business of buying a cardinal for your home in Maine anytime no. soon? Or no, just... I mean I just it's a great it's a quality bird. You know, red's my favorite color. Uh, so I'm not a St. Louis Cardinals fan at all. But you know, I just think it's a uh, it's just interesting to me. And I will also I have to shout out in small college, uh, Maine Orono is playing as well. So I got a Maine school also in that ah. small college bracket. So I'm gonna ride with them either Maine or the Cardinals. That's my that's my pick. Are you how are you gonna be able to go to that game, Zach? I don't know. I don't know if they are um the lower you know they're they're in Malden, Massachusetts for that. Uh it's a bit of a hype. You gotta go support the main teams. I don't know. You guys aren't aware of my current tire situation on my car where there is zero tread on all any of my tires. So I don't I can't really leave the house even without fear of of careening off the road we'll see we'll see if i can make the trip who knows stick a pair of skis this is what they do in maine right they stick skis on their cars during the winter and they just they just go horse and carriage but with a toyota prius no everybody just stays inside for three months okay nobody's skiing anywhere on on their vehicles guys all right you 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 come up and spend a main winter you'll understand um but any any final thoughts here on on, uh, ncr brackets on the men's side of things no, it doesn't sound like it. Just want to 
take pot shots at Maine and move on. All right, that's fine yeah, with yeah. me. Here we go. Uh, we will talk now about the women's playoffs as well. Uh, those are getting underway. Uh, we've seen them start, guys, on the in Naira and National Intercollegiate Rugby Association, uh, the premier women's, I would say, rugby division in the country. Uh, you know, outside of some of the better schools like Lindenwood and Life, um, but these are the, some of the top programs. And though the top at this point is Dartmouth. Uh, who won their semifinal matchup against Quinnipiac 47-14. And, and my uh, Army team that I picked for my lock of the week, unfortunately, did not have enough to get over the hump uh, and beat the Harvard team that I thought they they matched up well against. I watched some of that game, and actually it was pretty good back and forth uh, between the two. Uh, Army had a great intercept try that I thought was going to – like the momentum was all swinging their way. I thought it was going to – the seal they were going to dominate. But Harvard, Harvard stuck around, and they won 41-24. So – we are going to get another matchup of last year's final, Harvard v. Dartmouth for the Naira D1 Championship, guys. Uh, Josh, who's your pick in that game? Aren't Colby and I like huge Harvard fans right now in this one? Isn't you guys did. Last I believe. No, because one of you took Harvard. One of you took Dartmouth beginning of the year because I took Princeton, who didn't win a game in Naira. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I must be oh, just Harvard the... because I'm always right. Uh <laughs> Oh wow! Now I know why Josh only doesn't come on back-to-back episodes because we don't let him come down back-to-back episodes here. I mean, uh, this you, use this time well, Josh, because you're not coming back after this. So, <laughs> what do you got to say? This is it for you, pal. <laughs> I, I thought that we were on the Harvard train. This 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 playoff picture. Um, you know, uh, I know you. We we had mentioned earlier. We had talked before the pod about you know how Dartmouth is having. Dartmouth is hosting the championship, right? Yes, correct. Kind of a you know you know for a for a championship, it seems like it's not really the most you know neutral site uh, neutral site venue. But uh, I'm still if you got a nice Harvard. facility, you got to flaunt it. You know, yeah, that's fine. I'm still rolling with Harvard. The team from Massachusetts is wow. getting the wait. Is Dartmouth also in Massachusetts? No, uh, wait. Yeah, is yeah. aren't they? The no. team from Boston is getting the win. <laughs> No, New Hampshire, Darvis in New Hampshire. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I'm rolling wow. Harvard. That's a big upset pick, Colby. You going with the upset as well? You going uh, the Crimson Tide there? Not Crimson Tide, that's Alabama. But Harvard is the Crimson. I was, you, you totally just threw me off with that <laughs> comment. Sorry. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. I I think I'm riding the Harvard train. Wow. I think I'm riding the Harvard train. I, you guys are both wrong. I mean, Dartmouth is is far and away the best team in this in this uh, conference here. I'm going to take the Big Green. I will. Uh, I've made enough mistakes in my life. I know that's not going to be one of them. So <laughs> at home, uh, champions from last year retained a lot of talent from that team. Uh, go Big Green. I love them in that. They're also hosting the other two uh, championships as well. So it's not just the Dartmouth Harvard game that's there. Uh, they will be hosting the D two final which will be between davenport uh, and queen's university charlotte who are cleaning up on both the men's and women's front here they, they're a pretty good squad uh that's naira d2 uh and then in d3 uh they'll be hosting that game which will be between uh bowden college which is also in maine and une uh so they beat castleton and norwich respectively in the semifinal matchups uh any picks for those two games guys i mean i love davenport coming out of d2 we've loved davenport all year uh, on the women's and men's side. So any picks for you guys on those two matchups? Yeah, for me, I think Davenport is the superior side in this matchup against Queens. I, I like them to hoist the trophy at the end. And then I'm going to go with 
UNE, uh, that's University of New England, yeah, uh, to win the D3 uh, D3 championship. Excellent. Josh, you got any more crazy picks? I'm going to take Davenport and uh, I'm going to take UNE. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share with Colby. There we go. This, brother there we go. I'm going to, I'm going to go opposite <laughs> you guys and I'm going to take uh Bowden because another main school. So uh, now that's uh so that's Naira tune in for those matches all on stream on ESPN plus this weekend, uh, all back to back to back on Saturday, I believe uh, check out Dartmouth's dope home field in that one. Uh, now for the women's NCR tournament, they're going to be all, Friday, they're going to have the first round, uh, and that'll be followed up by the semifinals on Sunday. So they're playing two matches in this weekend, um, all at neutral sites uh, with various kickoff times throughout the day. So just to run through the setup here, Clemson beat Kent State in the playoff game, 45 to 24, in a play-in game, excuse me, uh, and Iowa State uh, beat Josh's Spartans 75 to zero in their play in game. Um, and, uh, I don't know if that Ohio so Iowa state's reward for beating, uh, Josh's Spartans into a pulp here is to go play the other Michigan school, Michigan, who are probably the best women's team in the NCR, uh, at this point. So that that's going to be their first round matchup, but Josh, you got a couple seconds here. How do you feel about that? That devastating loss to Iowa state. Iona would never lose 75 to nothing. Just saying <laughs> they've never in their history. <laughs> never. Uh, it was tough. It was a cold game. You know, the women, the women, um, they put, I can't say they put up a fight. They tried. They tried. <laughs> All right. They attempted. Uh, I would state that was got a tough battle. I'm picking Michigan to, to, to return the favor. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to help out their little brother and uh, return the favor on Ohio state. <laughs> That's good. The one time that they ever get along, the yeah. be revenge on Iowa State here. So, Colby, before we get to your picks, just the other matchups now in that first round. Michigan will take on Iowa State, and the winner of that game will play probably this is probably the matchup of this tournament will be Northern Iowa versus Southern Nazarene. If you listen to um, the interview Matt did uh, last week with Angela Smarto, she liked how the Southern Nazarene team had played this year. Uh, that's going to be a really great first round matchup uh, between two powerhouses. The um, Maggie Burns-less uh, UNI and the Southern Nazarene team here. Colby, what are your picks for that that part side of the bracket? Yeah, I, I like the content that Matt put out um, in regards to Southern Nazarene. So I, I'm going to take them. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that, and uh, I like I like I like Iowa State. I think they're gonna clean house and uh, sweep Michigan State in Michigan. Wow. Come away with the victory. Wow. Big upset pick. That is huge. Uh, that'll be very interesting. I'm going to go Michigan and Southern Nazarene as well uh, for my picks. I, I mean, not as well as Colby, but I, I can't pick Iowa State over Michigan. I, I've been a huge Michigan fan this year. So uh, we'll go with those picks. Other side of the bracket, guys, Notre Dame College, who were the number one ranked team in NCR for most of the season, if not currently still ranked number one. Uh, and they're taking on Clemson. Uh, who are the winner of the play-in game, and they will take on the winner of Iowa versus Colgate in that second matchup. Colby, who you got? I'm going in NDC, North College, knocking off Clemson, and I'll also go with Iowa, defeating Colgate. Josh, how about you? NDC and Colgate. Colgate, real okay, yeah. I I love Iowa. I'm gonna go with Iowa. Our uh, Erica Kalibali, who's been just a try scoring machine all year for yeah. Iowa, I think, uh, and the rest of her teammates helped propel them to victory there. Uh, and I'll take Notre Dame College as well, uh, guys. That they're playing that second matchup on Sunday, so 
out of your picks uh, in that first round, you know, first round Michigan, either uh, Michigan versus Southern Nazarene. I'm going to take Michigan in that game as well. Uh, and so I think the final, listen, who's you pick your finals matchup? I think it's going to be Michigan, Iowa is going to be my pick. Um, but how about Josh? What do you think? And Colby after that? I'll go Michigan, Northern uh, Notre Dame college. Yeah. Oh, I'm, what's going, your final? I'm going Southern oh, Nazarene against NDC. And you see, all right, we'll pick the winners, winners after this week when we see how close we get. But uh, yeah, again, those games are Friday and Sunday. Um, so keep an eye out. Uh, in the interest of time here, guys, there's a bunch of other scores. If you see anything in that, you know, in that other section here in our in our doc, if you want to shout it out, go ahead. Um, but we'll if not, we'll just kind of move right into our uh, our picks and our, our games to watch. Push it. All right, let's do it. Uh, yeah, we'll say uh, I will shout out Rutgers who didn't win the tri-state, but they they won they lost in the championship to Stony Brook, twenty five twenty one. So my old home shout state out of Rutgers. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Rutgers. They're CRAA as well, which I didn't realize. But um, so I wasn't going to shout them out, and I live five minutes from campus. <laughs> yeah, man, come on. What are you doing? You gotta. Um, so games to watch, as we mentioned, Friday, big day, USA v. Portugal in the morning, 1030. Get your coffee, get whatever else you need, and then hang around until Friday night when Boston College will take on Notre Dame in what NCR dubbed the Holy War. I don't know if there's much of a rivalry. Whoa, in whoa, whoa, between. whoa, 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 whoa. NCR didn't dub this the Holy War. It is the Holy War. <laughs> I don't Boston know. I've never heard Notre of it. Notre Dame is one of the most storied rivalries in college sports. In rugby, though? it's Guys, it's, I'm really sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go, go for ahead, it, Colby. Go what were you going to say? No, 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 no. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, it's the Holy War. Boston College and Notre Dame have played in multiple sports. It's always dubbed the Holy War. Yeah, but it has been relevant, I don't think, in like – I mean, when was the last time Boston College was good at anything? <laughs> I think Boston College is a better rugby team, for sure. They've been for a long time. We used to play them all the time at Holy Cross, and they would beat the pants off us. Hot takes. <laughs> I've never, I've not heard, I've not heard any holy war between Notre Dame and Boston College be relevant since like the nineties. Oh, hot take, Colby. You got it. You got a, a hot take on the holy war here. I, I, I know of no such thing. <laughs> See, we're not. <laughs> Josh, you're alone in this one, man. I'm gonna watch the game. I think it's gonna be great, great rugby. But wow, <laughs> maybe this will reclaim the the mantle for me. Maybe this game will will reignite. Might be the best Friday night lights yet. Yeah, I think I think it has a definite chance to be that. These are two very good teams. Uh, so get on that Saturday, bunch of playoff games. Make sure you're watching. Uh, also, Lindenwood will be playing Davenport on the men's side. Davenport has made it put their hand up as you know one of the better teams. They're ahead of Arkansas State in the rankings now. Uh, ahead of uh, Central Washington in the mid south. There, um, they they just uh, won a game this weekend uh, against a very good team. In excuse me, Arkansas State, as I mentioned earlier. So uh let's that should be an interesting game. Let's see if they can hang with the big dogs here. Um, but now, guys, we will get down to the nitty-gritty, uh, our everyone's favorite segment, our lock it up. Uh Colby, I don't remember who you picked last week. I didn't write it down. I don't know who you took. So do you remember what game you picked? If you don't, you get an L. So um, I'll just make something. Wait, up. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold the phone. You gotta I write it in the doc. Josh wrote his in the doc. <laughs> um, let's see. You can't just make it up now. You gotta have no. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the old doc. I I thought I took bon- the Bonnies. 
No, I, I wouldn't have done that. I took Indiana. That was my lock it up pick. Okay. Oh, you took Ohio State because you wanted to come. You wanted to. Uh, you wanted no, I, to uh, improve your record. I was waiting to see if you'd say it. I was waiting. <laughs> what? You I took Ohio State because you wanted to come back up in the rankings. <laughs> I would not have picked against Indiana. Josh I've took not Indiana. Against them all year. Josh took Indiana. So you were trying I to do the reverse of Josh. Hmm. <laughs> I've I've done that before. You're you're right, but not in that case. All right. You know what? I, I would have picked tie. We give him a two, four, and one. A two, four, and one. Uh, so, didn't we have so, the debate earlier in the year that didn't you have a tie? So, uh, we gave me a loss for that because mm, I picked Brown women and they tied with their game, mm, their actual game. So they I'll counted as a loss this week if he wants to take Indiana. But that's ridiculous. You guys ask me what team I pick. I tell you and you don't take my word for it. This is asinine. <laughs> if 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 we give him the win, he has to take the Bonnies over Indiana this week. How about that? Deal? Colby deal. Fine, I'll take Bonnie's. <laughs> okay. Right. I'll take Bonnie's. There's a favorite, oh. so I'll take them. So we'll give them the win. <laughs> All right, so you are three and four uh, on the year, and you have the Bonnie's this week in that big, big matchup now against Indiana. Uh, Josh, what's your lock it in? Am I allowed to choose the USA <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there's no rules anymore. So we we kind of all they're out the window. So I'll I'll allow it. Colby. You know, go ahead, go for it. Do what you want. At this <laughs> I'll point. pick a college team if you want. I'm gonna pick Lindenwood over Dallas. No, pick the US team. pick pick the United States national team of America, Josh. <laughs> go ahead and pick them. The national team go pick, of America. Go pick the professional national team. <laughs> Now if they lose, it's doubly bad for Josh. So I don't even I don't feel bad about letting him take that pick because if that goes wrong, that's gonna go horribly wrong now. So uh we'll give you that, Josh. You can have the United States national team of America, Eagles. I'll uh, be sure to be busy next week so I don't have to live with that uh <laughs> that decision. That that'll be the whole uh top of the pod there. I am going to take uh I'm gonna put a little you know, get a little extra on, on the Holy War here. Uh, I'm going to take Boston College in that game over Notre Dame Friday night. Uh, yeah, I, I BC, like I said, they were they were always uh, big rivals when I was at Holy Cross, but I think they always bring it. So I'm going to go yeah, Boston College in that one. I Josh and I are tied four, four and three. So this could be a big, uh, big pick. Although if we might just throw your pick out because of the whole national team thing. But should I give you a college pick? No, I'll no, no. Because I want the tiebreak. If it comes down to it, and I'm losing because of this, then I'll just throw it out. So this is oh, this works better gosh. for me. Uh, what about my Buffalo pick from Matt that I would have <laughs> never done? You should. Matt picked it fair and should've square, should've, man. Should have showed up. Yeah, should have <laughs> been here. Um, and sadly, we don't have any schools eligible for the Molly Wop segment this week. I could not find any out there on Twitter. Uh, guys, if you girls, anybody, if you're out there and your team's winning, getting beat by 100 points, let us know. We're gonna highlight you on the pod. We'll shout you out. So, uh, either way, it's no, you know, any press is good press, guys. Uh, so let us know. But give me your final thoughts before we head out of here. Uh, we'll wrap things up. That was our playoff extravaganza. Uh, thanks for tuning in, uh, Colby. Final thoughts. Um, I have to go to my hair appointment, so I'm just gonna sing us out. Oh, okay. Mind. I like yeah. that. I second this. Motion passes. Colby, it's, sing us out of here. 
It's the college rugby wrap up. Zach, Josh, and Colby Marshall.